Okay, hey guys, welcome to Consume, a podcast by me, Burton Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, and it's also like my public personal journal. And man, this is, uh, we're almost to the end, the end of the line, or the end of the line that I've set. This might be the next to last episode, uh, either forever or for now. We'll see how I feel. And you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited <laughs> about it, uh, to be finally free of these chains that I forged for myself. Because, you know, this whole thing started, it was supposed to be a way for me to uh, deal with these systems of media consumption that I create for myself. And, like, instead of just checking off a list to slow down and reflect on it and then maybe uh, try to help myself not feel so encumbered <laughs> by these uh, challenges that I put on myself, uh, but I've achieved none of those goals. It's still, my life is still just constantly trying to check off lists, clear out bookshelves, um, and it and it just feels kind of nice to have found a way out of it, out of one of these things that I've put upon myself in a way that feels pretty good. Um, I feel like stopping whenever I reach the action, into the action boys, or the current action boys list, uh, feels right. Ending on episode number 75 next week feels good. Also, speaking of, like, the action boys list, they, like, I found out what next week's movie is, the, for the new episode, uh, and it's Supergirl, which is a movie that I've been meaning to watch for a while, and it just feels like the right one, you know, to to go out on. It might not be the last movie that I review next week. We'll see how it goes, but yeah, it just feels right. So I don't know. I'll probably have more to say about the uh, philosophical nature of this whole thing uh, next week, if I can think of anything. I'm also pretty tired right now, because that's another life update, or not whatever. Um, I'm recording this at 11 p.m. on Tuesday. I just finished watching a movie while doing a bike ride. Uh, I'm still really enjoying uh, the bikes. I'm trying to do the exercise bike that I bought. I'm trying to do 10 miles in the morning and 10 miles in the evening, at least like during the week, like Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday, since on the weekends now I'm going to be working nine hour days. Um, so I definitely can't get a bike ride in before I go to work, but you know, maybe after, but, uh, I don't know. It feels good. I did a little bit of like a calisthenics workout, to, uh, yesterday. I'm going to try to do that at least Monday, Wednesday, Friday for now, just so I can like get back in the hang of things. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm really, I enjoy the bike rides are nice. I highly recommend it to anyone just getting your little foldable, like, uh, Exercise bike, setting it up in front of the TV. I found that watching concert YouTube videos is probably the best thing so far because you get to like watch something and like have music pump you up. Though I do need to figure out something with a seat cushion. I ordered a pad and hopefully that'll make it like a seat cover. So hopefully that makes it better. <laughs> but like I almost feel like I'm bruising my ass on this thing. Uh, but we'll see if the the pad helps at all. I did a little like I found a calculator online of like how much um calories i'm burning with each ride and it seems to be around 800 at the rate i'm going uh so that's pretty good i've almost i'm almost down 10 pounds from my heaviest weight which i don't know if i can attribute that all to the bike but it still feels nice <laughs> let's see what else i guess and then going in uh complete opposition to all the work that I've been doing with the the bike, I've now hit on another uh, ice cream obsession this week. Because one of my favorite things 
with ice cream like my whole life has just been vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup and then something clicked last week i can't remember if i even talked about this last week maybe i did maybe i didn't who knows uh something clicked where i realized that i could get non-dairy ice vanilla ice cream and put chocolate syrup on it which in my mind means i can enjoy it more often and i don't know why i never thought of that before i think it was just because it's like whenever i get like a non-dairy ice cream it's always in a pint and i always just think of eating it directly out of the pint and like vanilla ice cream with chocolate syrup is a strictly like bowl uh experience but you can take stuff out of a pint and put it into a bowl it's totally possible so now i've just been trying out different non-dairy vanillas which there's a surprising amount of them uh i'm just trying to find the right one for me right now none of them have been bad but none of them are like the right perfect experience you know what i mean anyways let's get to some of the media consumption let's look at books see what's worth talking about i read a good amount of comics over the past week mostly like single issue stuff on my tablet catching up and some stuff i bought nothing too uh exciting there was a hellboy uh one-shot comic that came out last week or two weeks ago that i found uh called night of the cyclops really good solid single issue if you want to pick up a quick hellboy story you know hellboy interacts with a bunch of uh greek goat people and uh blinds the cyclops with a giant column which is pretty fucking sweet um i got a comic that i ordered from midtown comics in the mail because it came up on my wish list as marvel team up 127 from uh 1983 and i got it because it's a christmas issue and the team up is between spider-man and the watcher the watcher is the big bald dude who lives on the moon who just watches everything and he's not supposed to interfere with anything but of course he always does and so this is like a typical like christmas tale where uh spidey's at a christmas party for aunt may and then he decides to go outside and like he had just heard a sad story from an old man about his granddaughter and so the watcher shows up and like silently gives spider-man like this jewel that has a picture of the daughter in it and leads him on to this like to go try to find her and save her from this situation she uh got herself in and reunite her with her grandfather you know basic christmas bullshit but uh that's why i like it three things i love in one one comic spider-man the watcher and christmas it was a, it's a nice add to my collection i'm glad i got it and uh the art was really good i couldn't i can't remember the guy's name right now it was written by jmd mateus and it was led or michael ellis or wally or no those are gna anyways i can't remember the penciler's name his name was like kenny something not a name i'd ever heard before but he was really good he had some real solid spider-man panels in this there was like one panel of spider-man on the phone which i can't really describe why i liked it so much but it just looked really good <laughs> uh what else fucking uh the marvel fortnite comic came out this week uh it wasn't bad it's not as good as the batman fortnite comics were uh not as accessible or immediately fun there's a lot of fortnite lore in there that i have fucking know anything about um so it was pretty dense but i did get a sweet uh spider-man skin out of it so you know it was worth it and that's it for books so let's jump over to movies we got a pretty decent handful this week of course with movies that i forgot i even watched already and uh i thought i'd already talked about but i guess not (laughs) so first up we got hercules in new york from 1970 and this is uh i think arnold schwarzenegger's first movie and uh and you can tell he just plays 
Uh, that's exactly what the title is. He plays Hercules, and he comes down to Earth because he's bored up on Mount Olympus. Uh, and he goes to New York, and he just gets into shenanigans. That's about it. It's like real, really shoddily made. It's funny how like how sloppy the movie is, and a lot of the like uh, shots and the dialogue. It reminds me of like early YouTube sketch videos, which feel it's a uh, it's funny how things change. They all kind of stay the same. Uh, I don't know. I can't really... There's just a lot of, like, over-the-top character acting and, like, Arnold being kind of stiff. He hates this movie and he, like, doesn't like talking about it, which I think is kind of a shame because, like, he is very cute in it <laughs> and he's just fun to watch. So I think if, you, if you're if you an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, like, I would say check it out. But if you don't really care about Arnold, there's no real reason to watch this. Uh, but yeah, I'll give it three and a half. I had a fun time watching it uh and then next i watched the park is mine from 1985 which is like a canadian tv movies take on rambo start but this is starring uh, tommy lee jones and there's a lot of good stuff in here and i like this movie but uh it just feels pretty it's just not put together the best way i feel like it could have been a little cleaner it would have been nice if this was like handled by maybe a better production team or director or something i don't know but it's still a fucking fun time so like tommy lee jones he's a vietnam vet in new york down on his luck his uh wife doesn't want him around the kid he's lost his job and his like friend who is a vet who got cancer kills himself but his friend leaves behind a plan that he had been coming up with and a stockpile of all these weapons in order to take over central park <laughs> like by himself and so tommy lee jones like the friend like leaves a suicide note did i ever say that fucking whatever like laying out his entire plan marking where he hid he hid like ammo and explosives and stuff all over central park that somehow nobody else found uh and then so tommy lee jones decides to go through the with this plan so that he can make a statement about like how vets are treated and just how nobody cares about anybody anymore I don't know. I don't know if he actually achieves his goal, but it's a fun movie. Like all the stuff with like Tommy Lee Jones gets like fucking done up in his camo and his like face paint. He's wearing a uh, like a blue Yankees hat and aviators and it's just a very good look. And he's like riding a dirt bike around Central Park and like setting up barbed wire and explosives and shooting blanks at cops and stuff. Uh, it's cool. Also, you got Yafet Koto in here as uh, the main cop who's dealing with Tommy Lee Jones. And he has a great performance in this too. So yeah, I don't know. The park is mine. Uh, fucking three and a half stars for this too. Uh, it should probably be, <laughs> now that I'm like realizing this and Hercules in New York, the same score. It feels wrong, but I'm going to stick to it. Also, this isn't streaming anywhere, but I found someone uploaded like a VHS rip on to YouTube, which is kind of a fun way to watch it. Also, when, uh, in this movie, like, cause he's taking over Central Park and they do a lot of shots of like the crowds, um, like talking into the news and stuff and like all the media like hubbub that he's getting because he's like broadcasting these like speeches out to the uh over the radio and stuff while he's in there like pontificating about how people are downtrodden or whatever but there's a part where like these guys in order to capitalize it they start making the park is mine shirts like because he says it over the news and the 
movie. And so they latch onto it and they start selling these Park is Mine shirts that look pretty cool. And I was thinking, since I work for the parks in Glendale, it would be cool to make a Parks shirt that's based off of this. <laughs> and like it could say, it could say like the Park is Mine. And then you add a little like a subscript on it and it says like, and yours too. Like, I think that would be, it'd be pretty fun. Like I kind of want to make that shirt at least for myself to where it worked. I feel like that would they would let me do that. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. It'd be cool. So yeah, Park is Mine. Three and a half stars. Good movie. Definitely recommend watching it. And as I'm talking, I'm realizing how tired I am. Uh, so even though I only talked about two movies so far, I'm going to stop down for right now. And I'm going to come back uh, tomorrow morning before I watch anything else and talk about the rest of the movies that I watched. So I'll be back in a minute. Okay, hey guys, we're back. It's the morning on Wednesday, 10 20, 10.30. Woke up and did a little workout. I went for a walk instead of a bike ride this morning because I think I mentioned, uh, like, I think I'm bruising my uh, tailbone riding that bike for so long. It was pretty uncomfortable. So, uh, probably gonna do some walks today, give it some time to, uh, heal. <laughs> uh, well, the walk was nice. It was nice been a while since i've done that but yeah let's just uh let's get right back to the movies where did i leave off salvador next movie i watched was salvador from 1986 by oliver stone and i think i would have liked this movie a lot more if it didn't star james woods and jim belushi who are two of my least favorite actors i just don't like looking at them <laughs> they're just not I'm, I, I think i'm kind of like for james woods i'm a little uh biased because he's such a fucking douchebag now and i don't really have much memories of him like i watched that hard way movie with him a few weeks ago and i did not like him in that this one he's actually like pretty good and i feel like if i didn't have my preconceived notions it really would he really would have worked for this character because he's playing a scumbag so you know it works and then jim belushi is fine in this he pre he really works for the character but again this is just colored by how much i didn't like him in red heat and then so just looking at him uh is annoying but this movie like it's cool like the subject matter like going into el salvador in uh in 1980 and like dealing with all like the political stuff and like photojournalists trying to navigate that world uh is like all good and interesting stuff Though it like took me a while to uh, get my bearings on it, like the the whole first half of the movie felt kind of muddled, and I didn't know like what we were doing or why we were there, and because uh, it doesn't really hold your hand for it. But yeah, I don't know. It is an interesting like time period to like learn about and be about, and like photojournal photojournalists is a pretty good entry point for um showing it to a western society you know whatever um <laughs> there's a lot of brutal stuff in this too like it's a lot of like really realistic looking dead bodies and horrible stuff there's a there's a scene with some nuns where the uh there's this main nun played by cynthia gibb and they do a lot of work to get you to like really like her she's like very cute and charming and just seems very nice throughout the whole thing and then she like goes to pick up some of her fellow nuns from a uh the airport and they get pulled over and then like raped and murdered and it is brutal scene goes on for maybe a little bit too long but it is just it's heavy shit <laughs> that, that scene is hard to watch um but yeah my uh distaste for the two main actors aside pretty good movie i think i would recommend watching it uh i'll give it three and a half stars 
Then next, I watched uh, uh, Solo from 1996 with Mario Van Peebles and William Sadler and fucking uh, Adrian Brody. And this movie's alright. It's kind of fun, but it's very flat. It just feels like like a, a an episode of like a 90s TV show that's been expanded into an, uh, to an hour and a half. So Mario Van Peebles plays a like android like robot soldier that um adrian brody created and then he like the movie starts out with him on a mission and william sadler is playing like this insane like war bent colonel that's like leading this mission to like blow up an airfield that these again like central american uh armies are like you know forcing all these villagers to make this airstrip and they're they're gonna blow it up but then solo our android soldier sees that they're women and children and he classifies them as non-combatants and so he blows the mission and so they get back to their boat or whatever and the colonel's gonna like send them back and have his memory erased and solo intercepts his transmission so he like escapes and ends up in the jungle and ends up like befriending the villagers or whatever and then he send william sadler after them who uh has a real hard on for murdering uh solo for some reason and is like willing to kill random people to do it um and yeah i don't know it's all right there's a there's not much to it two and a half stars for solo there's a scene with a rattlesnake where like solo catches a rattlesnake as it goes to attack this little boy and i've just been thinking a lot about rattlesnakes lately because of the working up at the nature center like people keep seeing them around the park did i mention on the pod that we we found a dead one i still haven't seen a live rattlesnake even though there's one that apparently lives right next to the nature center but like one just like straight up died on the trail like right just like a right up above the nature center and we had to like make sure it was dead (laughs) and like we went up and like kicked some sand at it to make sure it didn't move from like far away and then once we realized it was dead we like put it under a cone so that nobody would touch it and then some guy came and picked it up because they he like brought it to the natural history museum because there's a guy there who studies dead snakes because i guess there's a big problem with they think that the snake was killed because it ate a rat that ate rat poison or something like that and so the rat poison killed it and apparently that's a big issue and they're studying it which you know i wish i could have i wanted to keep the rattle on the snake that's like my one thing is uh like i really want to get a rattle at some point from a snake that we find out there but you're not supposed to kill them or anything and we're probably gonna end up donating them so i doubt i'll ever get a rattle but you know i don't know yeah and so i've just been so much rattlesnake thing and i just thinking about like the possibility of getting bit by one we just did like a cpr refresher training where they talked about that and apparently there's only like one hospital in the county that has anti-venom so it's terrifying if i if i fucking get bit by a rattlesnake and die uh for this job that pays 16 dollars an hour i'm gonna be pretty pissed off and then next up i watched uh kindergarten cop from 1990 by ivan reitman with arnold schwarzenegger of course uh and i kind of i feel like i've always kind of avoided this movie because it just sounded stupid I was like, yeah, whatever, Arnold as a teacher. But that was before, like, really following in love with Arnold and all of his performance over the last year or so. And I'm glad I finally, I'm glad I finally watched this because I fucking loved it. It's so good. (laughs) And it's like, it's just such a nice, like, heartwarming movie and, like, just well acted all around. Arnold is great as this, like, rugged cop who gets roped into teaching all these kids. All the kids are really good. They did a great job, like, with the casting of these kids and the directing of these kids. It all feels, like, real and funny. And, like, all of Arnold's interactions with them are, like, really nice. 
and they work really well. And like all the other like adult performances are good too. Like Pamela Reed as uh, Arnold's partner, she's really funny and she's great in this. Like I could have watched a whole another movie of her and Arnold as a team. Penelope Ann Miller does a very good job as like you know the love interest, nice teacher. Linda Hunt as the uh, the the like tiny woman who's the fucking kind of hard ass principal. Loved her. She's, she's really good. And who played the bad guy? Richard Tyson as Colin Crisp. He's like really good and unsettling. And that's a fun twist on, uh, like, because the, the whole thing is Arnold is trying to find the wife and kid of this like mobster guy because she supposedly has $3 million of his money. And, but they don't know who she is or what she looks like. So they just know that where she lives and that her child is in kindergarten. But the bad guy Colin, is actually looking there is no money he's just looking for his wife and kid because his mom who actually runs the fucking drug business uh wants to find the kid to raise him because she has a real bad like munchausen by proxy um i think that's what you call it whenever you act like your kid is sick all the time and like force them medicine and stuff when they don't need it and she like did that to cullen and now she wants to do it to her grandkid so it's just like these two unhinged people trying to find this kid so they can raise him which i feel like is a pretty cool an interesting motivation for a bad guy uh yeah i don't know it's just a great movie i could watch also like a whole another movie of just arnold and the kids like him like if they did it i think they did do they did like a sequel like a newer one with dolph lundgren they came out recently but like if they would have just done a whole other movie of like arnold decided to stop being a cop and just became a teacher and then they did a whole movie about his year as a teacher the next year i would have loved it would have been great so yeah four and a half stars for a kindergarten cop and then uh next movie i watched the saint from 1997 uh and this is a fun one pretty clunky very 90s you got val kilmer who plays like a boy who's an orphan in some like horrible catholic orphanage who is always kind of a scamp who grows up to it to be a like professional like super spy thief who does all these wacky characters and they're all based off of saints um because growing up in that catholic school really fucked him up uh and he gets drawn into this whole plot about uh cold fusion and elizabeth shoe is the doctor who is developing cold fusion and these russian bad guys who uh want to steal the formula for it um I don't know, it's fun. All of Al Kilmer's, like, wacky characters he does are great. He even does, like, a weird, like, gothy Spaniard guy that's funny. And then, like, his artist and this old, like, dork. Whatever. I don't know. It's, a. Uh, it's just fun to watch Val Kilmer have fun, you know? You can tell he's just kind of winging it. It's all, it's all a good time. The whole plot is kind of ridiculous. And, like, the love, uh, the love story with Elizabeth Shue is very corny. I did like the Russian bad guys. They're pretty good. They're very fun to watch. Um, this movie is so 90s, though. Every time, like, <laughs> they, there's a lot of, like, showing what music people are listening to in their cars. And it's always, like, weird, late, latter-day grunge or, like, techno uh i don't know it's just pretty funny um a lot of fat in this movie though it could have been cut down it's like way longer than it needs to be like i couldn't believe it didn't finish like 30 minutes before it did it just kept going after like the climax but whatever um but yeah i don't know three and a half stars for the saint if you're a val kilmer fan and you haven't seen this i definitely think you should watch it it's also based off of like a really old series of books like apparently there are saint movies and like the 30s and shit and there was a tv show where roger moore played the saint like they even have roger moore do the voice of a, a radio broadcast in this to like call back to that and it makes me i want to at least try and watch some of the show it might be fun to watch a younger 
Roger Moore as this uh, thief character. Okay, and then our last movie for now, uh, I watched King of New York from 1990 by Abel Ferrara. Uh, this movie's good. It's full of like a lot of very interesting choices and interesting characters in it. Like you got Christopher Walken playing this like mob boss who just got out of prison. And he's like this Italian guy. I think he's supposed to be Italian. Frank White, who's like was he was connected to the Italian mob, but then he like got this gang full of um uh black dudes led by Lawrence Fishburne as Jimmy Jump, uh and Giancarlo Esposito is in there, which is cool. Also Steve Buscemi is like their tech guy, the guy who like tests their uh the cocaine for them and his name is Test Tube in the movie, which is fun. And so he gets out of jail and he meets up back with Lawrence Fishburne and his gang and they want to like reestablish their domi- dominance and like take out all the other gangs because he doesn't like the way that they're making money. And uh then you got David Caruso and Wesley Snipes as like the two main cops who are like trying to take them down. And for like the first most of the like the first part of the movie, the first half, first two thirds maybe, I was just like, okay, this is fine. And like it just felt a little all over the place and like there's just a lot of characters, a lot of information happening. There's a lot of like weird and like I said, interesting choices. There's a lot of like close ups in this and like but it's it's fun throughout because you're watching, you know, all these great actors do these like cool performances but the movie like really comes together at this part is probably two-thirds of the way in where Lawrence Fishburne or no yeah Lawrence Fishburne and Christopher Walken they're like hanging out at their like hideout and it's like kind of like this club you know this like long extended scene of them like hanging out and dancing to this like uh late 80s rap song and you know there's like chicks dancing like with with like without their shirts on and like they're just like hanging out and then like a guy like then Paul Calderon who uh was in Bosch that's where I know him from uh he like brings a guy in for a deal but then it turns out to be he like turned on them and he's led David Caruso and Wesley Snipes like gang of cops because they decided the only way to get rid of Frank is just kill him so they're gonna pretend to be a rival gang and come attack them and so it turns into this like big shootout in this hideout and then like Lawrence Fishburne and Christopher Walken like get away everyone else gets killed they get away in a car and you think like okay they got away so it's gonna go to the next scene but then it just keeps going it turns into this like long rainy car chase that's really good that goes like way longer than you think it's going to and then finally, like, you think that they got away, but then they, like, come and they ram the cop's car, and then it leads to this, like, great final showdown between uh, Wesley Snipes and Lawrence Fishburne, or, like, Lawrence Fishburne, like, fucking gets the drop on Wesley Snipes and shoots some, but then David Cruz comes up and shoots Lawrence Fishburne, and I'm just spoiling everything, but whatever. I just want to talk about, like, because <laughs> then, you, like, because Lawrence Fishburne's been very over the top throughout this whole movie. Um, a lot of, like, crazy laughs and, like, stuff and then whenever he's dying it's just him like yelling and like freaking out about dying but then also laughing because he got like the drop on Wesley Snipes but then also just like freaking out and yelling as he's like bleeding out from this stomach gunshot wound and that's gonna be me no matter how I die (laughs) I just wanted I'm going to be uh screaming and freaking out the whole way down so you know I'm looking forward to that um but yeah, that but that whole sequence, it just goes, I just felt like since it went much longer than I was expecting, it just like really drew me in because I was just like, wow, they're still going it's still. And then like, yes, then after that happens, then you get like Christopher Walken's like good final showdown with the lead cop. And then just right, like right up to the very last shot. It's a, it's a great performance by Walken. So, you know, good movie. It's interesting. I definitely, I definitely recommend it. It's uh, you can watch it for free on Tubi right now. But yeah. Four stars for, uh, for King of New York. Um, and that's it for now. I'll probably come back and record a little bit more tonight. I got today off, but I need to do some laundry and cleaning, and I'll probably do some reading and watch at least one more movie. So yeah, I'll be back in a bit.
Okay, hey guys, back for our last part of this week. It's a Wednesday night. I get to get up for work early for an orientation. It's like an orientation for the day camps. So I like work at the day camps, even though I'm not like, that's not going to be my main thing is working the nature camps. I need to be able to cover in case they need it. So I have to go to this bullshit and it's going to suck. And I don't want to wake up early for it. I've been waking up early enough, so I'm not like actually worried about getting up. I just, just don't want to do it. My boss also said that next week I'll probably end up going overtime if I get approved for it. So it's cool when it comes to money, but we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine. Gotta make recording the last episode uh, a little tougher, but I'm sure I'll get through it. Anyways, what I do today, I did some reading. Not as much as I wanted. I did some walks. My tailbone definitely feels bruised <laughs> from the exercise bike, which feels so stupid. But, you know, it, it happens. Uh, so now I just gotta like let this heal, I guess. Do walks instead, which is fine. Just not what I want to do. It's already fucking hot here. It says it's only 61 degrees right now, but since my house is a fucking oven, uh, this whole day has been kind of stuffy and hot. I like took a nap. It went for much longer than I meant to. I slept from like 4.30 to 6.30 and I just woke up sweating. It was gross. Um, anyways, what did I read? Just a handful of uh, comics that I bought this week. Poison Ivy number one by G. Willow Wilson and Marcio Takara. Uh, it was pretty cool. We get a darker side of Poison Ivy in this. It looks like she might be trying to uh, kill humanity with infectious mushrooms or something. So that's fun. Um, it's going to be a good series. I'm excited to read all of it. Marcio Takara's art is really great. I like him a lot. I, uh... It's nice to see his art. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen his art. I'm not even sure. I used to see him on Instagram all the time. I wonder if the algorithm's burying him. Or maybe he doesn't post as much anymore. He used to do these, like, tiny drawings, like, tiny versions of characters that are very cute. Uh, I, like, wanted to get a tattoo of, like, his Spider-Man or the Superman he did. I should go look for those again. Uh, Dark Knight to Steel, number seven. This is, you know, Tom Taylor having fun with medieval DC heroes. This is pretty good. He has Beast Boy turned into a dragon. That's pretty cool. And he combined another set of villains. He did uh, Ra's al Ghul with Etrigan, which is a cool combo. I like that. Then we got Savage, Aven uh, Savage Avengers, number two, by David Popose, or Popose? Drawn by Carlos Magno. This is fun. It's a little too wordy, but I guess that's in line with Conan comics, since this is about a bunch of Marvel heroes get drawn back in time with Conan to his age. And they're going to have to fight Thulsa Doom next issue. That's going to be cool. And then last thing I read was Thor number 26 by Donny Cates. This is uh, the next to last part of the Hulk versus Thor Banner of War series. Uh, this is a lot of fun. It's fucking ridiculous. Last issue, uh, Hulk let loose a ridiculous amount of gamma energy to make this huge gamma bomb. And so, of course, that turned Thor into a Hulk Thor. And in this one, uh, the spirit of Odin allows Hulk to pick up the hammer. So now we have Thor Hulk. Uh, and the next issue, we get to see them fight hopefully. And it's going to be rad. It's, uh, it's going to be fun. This is going to be a really fun uh, collection. Whenever they release like a trade or whatever, hopefully like collecting all of these issues in the right order. Uh, that's going to be a fun, definitely going to be one to like recommend to people for some fun, stupid stuff. And that's it for comics. And then our last movie of the week, I watched 
The Fan from 1996 by Tony Scott uh, with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes. And this is fun. It's fucking, it's a wild movie. So Wesley Snipes plays uh, Bobby Rayburn, who is a baseball player who gets signed to the San Francisco Giants for a $40 million deal. And Robert De Niro plays Gil Renard, who is a huge fan of the Giants for his whole life and he's like a knife salesman who's really down on his luck and uh of course Snipes hits like a slump in his playing right when uh Gil Renard gets fired from his job and has a restraining order put on him by his ex-wife so he can't see his kid and so that causes him to break he already seemed like a very unhinged man then like they like live give you little hints that Robert De Niro is like kind of unhinged throughout the first half but then there's like this break like towards the middle where like all of a sudden they reveal that he has like a baseball version of Jigsaw's lair and he has like models of Wesley Snipes car and stuff and he's like studying and then shows him like spying on Wesley Snipes and his kid yeah he just it just fully like breaks into psycho territory and then yeah and like the whole climax is great uh i don't know i don't want to spoil it too much but i feel like it's one of those movies that you kind of know how it's going to end you're just there to like enjoy the ride uh the like slow reveal of de niro's character is great just showing like how shitty of a person he is and then like he like talks about how he used to play baseball and like he used to be in the majors and like he had his good umpire that he always like got advice from and then later in the movie they revealed that that was all just in little league <laughs> then he did it he's just been obsessed with uh his own like accomplishments from when he was 12 for his entire life um i don't know and he got a lot of good uh other other some other good like smaller actors in this or side actors what do you um whatever ellen barkin as, like, the sports reporter is good. John Leguizamo is great as uh, Wesley Snipes' manager. Benicio Del Toro is uh, Juan Primo, the other guy uh, on the on the Giants, who's, like, stealing some of Snipes' thunder. There's also a small Jack Black cameo towards the beginning. Though I guess, can you really call it a cameo if it's a part from before they were actually famous? I don't know. But, yeah, the fan. Four stars. I had a, I had a good time with that. I was actually, like kind of on the edge of my seat for the ending there and waiting to see exactly how they did it. It is a pretty 90s movie with a lot of its choices. Especially, I really like the use of... They use Nine Inch Nails for the uh, um, soundtrack a lot, which was uh, pretty good to help drive home the fact that something's not quite right with Robert De Niro. And yeah, I think I think that's all I got this week. Uh, and I've been Burton Olivier at Birdzor on everything. If you have any questions comments or recommendations uh and i'll see you next week for the uh maybe last episode of the podcast but until then it's time i disappear